Yo, 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 yo. This is MMA Mondo, recording Respect the Game. And today is Wednesday, September 4th, 2019. Today, what I'm going to be talking about is UFC Fight Night, Andrade versus Zhang. This fight, this was incredible to everyone, this surprised everyone. I really wondered how um, Whaley was going to come into this fight. And she did absolutely incredible. Finishing Andrade in about 42 seconds. Strikes. And what's crazy about the striking ability of Whaley in this fight is not only did she finish Andrade with power, but I think she might have shown some of the highest quality striking punch for punch and knee for knee that we've seen in MMA. So, I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen there. The only thing I know is Whaley looked like an absolute destroyer here. And I know Andraja showed some weaknesses, but um, her first round has always been her biggest strength. So seeing what Whaley did to her, I don't know, that surprised me. Also, if you look at Whaley's record, I'm, I'm looking at the UFC page right now. Her She is 20-1. and one. And I don't think that's talked about enough. I know she's not the best-known fighter and things of that nature. Well, I mean, she's 19-1. and I apologize. I thought that was her 20th victory, but that was her 19th victory. If you go back and look at all of her fights, um, she just fought some pretty tough women. Like, honestly, none of these were particularly easy. She fought um, Taylor back in August 4th, 2018. Then she fought Jessica Aguilar on November 24th, 2018. Then she fought um, Tornado Tisha Torres. That's March 2nd, 2019. Um, Dana White also said that no one wants to fight Whaley, which I absolutely believe because if you look at her, she doesn't have, well, she didn't have that much hype and she just starched Andrade. And Andrade, she's known for her durability. Chael Sonnen just made a video about this recently. She's known for her durability. So for Whaley to come through and beat her the way she did, I'm pretty impressed by that. I also saw, um, I think Kenny Florian was saying that, uh, who was it? It was Joanna Janjacek and Rosna Munez, I believe. Um, they match up well against her. Uh, I don't know. Watching the way Whaley is able to strike, it, I don't know if I would necessarily say that Joanna would, fa- would be the favorite here. Yuana has incredible striking and she's one of the best in the division, but I do think if she fights another very if she fights another high-level striker and they can pack an incredible punch behind their hands or even just threatening kicks, I, I it, I'm not sure. It seems like it almost neutralizes her. But of course you have to have the cardio and you have to have technique. If you don't have any technique against a very skilled striker, they're gonna hit you repeatedly and you're probably not gonna hit them very much. And there's plenty of examples of that in the UFC. One of the the biggest and most well-known one is definitely Wonderboy Thompson. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. But, yeah, man. Like, Whaley looked freaking incredible. Also on that card, let's see. We had Lee Jingle... I don't know. Everyone calls him Jingling. <laughs> Jiangling, um, the leech, 
and he fought Elizu Dos Santos, and this fight was also pretty crazy. It was it was a firefight, a little bit back and forth. I do think Jiang Lang was winning, and honestly, China has really been looking incredible lately in the UFC and in MMA generally. It seems like the Asian the, the Asian cultures just started recently accepting MMA for its totality and really have embraced all of it and are trying to dominate it because they're known for their martial arts, just the Asian cultures in general. Different styles of martial arts generate from different areas, like karate generates in Japan. It depends on the type of karate you look at, of course. There's Japanese karate, and then you also have things like kung fu that generated in China. So, very interesting. Very interesting. But this week, what I want to talk about is UFC 242, Habib versus Poye. Um, the reason I want to talk about Habib Nurmagomedov and Dustin Poye is because, one, after the habib Connor fight, Habib is for sure one of the biggest stars in the sport. He's probably number two. He posted a picture of him and his team and a, like, a couple other pictures on Instagram. I was looking today, just a couple hours ago, and it had like 700,000 likes, which is absolutely incredible. It was like 697,000, but still, that's that's crazy. So for... For this card to be happening this Saturday and in the middle of the day on ESPN Plus, I'm very curious to see how this is going to draw. If I was the UFC, I don't know if I'd be worried or not. I haven't looked into the numbers too much as far as the analytics yet. I might look into that later on this week and make a video about it just to talk about the trends going into this. And maybe how they compare to the Connor trends when Connor and Habib fought. Also on this card. Well, this is a very, very, very Russian-heavy card. If you look at the main card, there are four Russian fighters, I believe. Yes. Four, including Habib. But um, co-main event, we have Edson Barbosa versus Paul Felder. This fight is going to be an absolute barn burner. We'll see what's going to happen. But... um. Quick analysis, just because of the way Felder has had his troubles, not specifically because he's having them, but the troubles that he has tends to be against some of the higher rank people. And the people that are maybe a little more well-known, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe that could be a nerves thing. He does not lose very often at all. But... He lost against Trinaldo. That was back in 2016, so that, that was forever ago. And he recently lost against Mike Perry, July 7th, 2018. I'm not saying that that's a bad loss or anything like that. Of course, Mike Perry is a savage. Just Mike Perry has been on the downturn as far as his record compared to what it was before. He's, I, I think he's underrated, honestly, as a fighter. People are talking about how he's not good and things like that now, and I think that's absolutely the opposite of what's going on. I think Mike Perry is getting better and better and better he's just going against the hardest people in the division he see he fights everyone all the up-and-comers and everything like that I, I just think he has to work on a couple things but i think he's he's definitely capable okay let's see what else we have here paul felder paul felder is incredible as well i was just talking about paul felder what <laughs> sorry but edson barbosa Edson Barbosa, um, I don't, he was he was looking like a destroyer for a while. He still is a destroyer, but as far as 
him walking through division it looked like that was what was going to happen but then all of a sudden um he fought habib fighting habib is, is just unlike anything else but once you fight somebody like habib and he has that kind of game it's so strong and dominant in one specific way if you fight people that maybe can replicate parts of that game those parts of the game might be enough to defeat you and I feel like that happens very often in MMA. It's almost like you have to discover the code to their fighting style because everyone normalizes to some kind of fighting style over time. There's no no fighter you can look at that doesn't do that. But if you look at the fighters that are incredible, it's very hard to tell what they're going to do next or they're just dominant in one area, but they can stop you from being dominant in the other areas. And they're also a little good there. The one fighter that tra completely changes all of that, well, I guess there's two of them. Well, one of them that changes all of that and also doesn't have any glaring holes in his game is GSP. GSP has to be the undisputed and um, undeniable go at this point. I know Habib is unbeaten, but with his fighting style, I believe he will be more prone to losing than a prime GSP. <clears throat> I know you do have to consider that Nurmagomedov has never lost. I mean, never, ever, ever has lost. So that's a gigantic deal. However, if you look at the people Mike or look at the people Habib fought, and look at the people that GSP's fought, GSP has fought for sure, guaranteed, undisputed welterweight champions. The like the, the ones that are the absolute best, the highest ranked up there, the Matt Hughes of the world, the Matt Sarah of the world, the people that beat him, that he defeated and avenged. I think GSP is the undisputed go, and I think if they can do Habib versus GSP, I think that that to me would determine who would be the go. If Habib beat GSP even currently, he is the go. Eh. I might take that back. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so with this fight, Paul, Bell, Paul Felder versus Barbosa, I think this is Felder's time. If he really wants to shine, he can. But I believe with the way Barbosa fights, from what I've seen previously, if I had to bet, I would have to go for Barbosa. I do think Felder, or sorry, Felder, what? <laughs> I think Felder is incredible. Let's look over here. Okay. Wrong page. But another fight that's going to be happening at UFC 242. Oh, I actually want to talk about one of the fights that's happening a little bit earlier on the card. Um, it's, it's a little controversial just because of who's in it, honestly. Um, so the FX prelims. It is going to be Joanne Calderwood versus Andrea Lee. So Andrea Lee. Um, personally, I just want to say that I am Puerto Rican and my father's Panamanian and black. My father is not African American, but his ancestors that are, <clears throat> excuse me, black, <clears throat> excuse me, they come from Central America and they come from the Barbados. Well, Barbados, um, Jamaica things like that that's where some of my heritage comes from I'm not sure exactly where it traces all the way back to just because of how much honestly my family has traveled it seems like each generation has kind of traveled to a different country 
at least as far as my grandparents, their parents, well, their parents stayed in Panama as well, so they were in Panama, but prior to that, and then after that, all their children left. So, like, all my aunts and uncles on that side of the family, because it is a big family, they're all in the U.S. currently. Except for, except for one, I believe. One of my uncles, of course. But, um, but yeah, so, so I don't know, with the comments with Andrea Lee, it's just a little too much for me. It's it's a little too aggressive, and I mean, it's not directly made by her, of course, but her not doing anything about her husband having a swastika on him and not thinking that that's a problem in any kind of way, that is a problem for me because I couldn't date a girl with that. I couldn't allow, or I wouldn't be okay with somebody that I am really close with or like my friends dating somebody with a swastika on them. I'm not, I would obviously say like, hey, that's not cool. Why do they have this? Especially with Andrea Lee's boyfriend not removing and her just being okay with it. She was looking like she was going to be on the up and up and she was looking like she was going to be so good. She is number six. She's still good. But um, that the whole situation really blew up. There's a lot of things that happened um, surrounding that circumstance. But we'll see. Cal Calderwood, she, I believe, is one of the better female fighters. Well, better female flyweights. But lately, she just... She hasn't, she hasn't been winning the same way i think part of that is due to the women are getting better at such a rapid rate it's not like any other sport because the the men's sport is literally directly next to it card or the fight before the fight after something along those lines and it's right there and it's at a higher level not because they're men they're at a higher level because it's been happening for so much longer. Men have been participating in mixed martial arts for many, many, many more years. It wasn't acceptable, really, for a very long time. And sometimes it's still not acceptable to some people. So um, so that's a big deal. Also, we have Zubaira. <laughs> Zubaira's fighting Leroy Murphy. I don't know who Lerone Murphy is, but a Zubaira fighting, it, it, I just, I can't think, I can't stop thinking about the Connor situation the whole connor mcgregor habib thing all of that's crazy we all know who's going to get the title shot if habib wins i mean does they're saying that's going to be tony and they're making a lot of comments about being tony however we all know a little better than that i'm so sick of being told that this interim person is supposed to get the title or this interim champion is going to get the title or this one or Hey, this person should get the title. Tony Ferguson should get another fight. Look how long his win streak is. Tony Ferguson has one of the, has one of the longest win streaks in UFC history. How is that not synonymous with being champion? He's not a champion. He's never held the legitimate gold. They gave him an interim belt. That's absolute bullshit. I, I don't care. That's bullshit. He's done enough to earn that title. And if he doesn't get the title, it's going to be the he's going to be the best fighter to never reach the actual UFC gold. Because look at everyone he's bought, he, he or everyone he's beat, he's beat champion after champion after champion after champion. I believe Tony Ferguson has all the ability in the world, so we'll see what's going to happen there. Oh, we also have Curtis Blades fighting Shamil Abdurakhimov. Abdurakhimov. That's a mouthful, but um. I'm not too sure of who Shamil is. I know I've seen him fight. I just can't remember all of the fighters all the time. I don't remember him too well. 
But Curtis Blades, I definitely know. Curtis Blades, this is a big opportunity for him and an even bigger opportunity for his opponent. Um, just by looking at the names, when you don't know one person's name and you know the others, that means the person you don't know has everything to gain and nothing to lose. That's why they always say you could do Connor versus a broomstick. And literally, you could do that without there being any risk to the broomstick. But, as we know, GSP, he has had the opportunity to come back and fight people. And there, I'm not saying that he hasn't taken the fight because he's nervous or scared or anything like that. But he knows that the opportunity to take these fights is just not that great. He's going to fight. It's not going to attract that many more eyes. And he's risking his entire legacy. Because with the, how the way the sport is set up, one loss can devastate your career. Think about people that are on runs like BJ Penn. BJ Penn has just been losing. BJ Penn has been in so many problems, man. BJ Penn getting in a street fight at a bar? I I, I have to talk about this. I wasn't going to talk about this um, just because it's been so long. I'm going to talk about this way after the fact. So if you look at everything that's going on in the UFC, everything that's going on with their fighters, everything that's went on in the past, prior to the Conor McGregor area and prior, prior to all this money, there's no way the UFC would have allowed this in their code of conduct. There was a guy in the Ultimate Fighter that got kicked out. What was his name? Jesse Taylor? I believe it was Jesse Taylor or something like that. He got kicked out for um, trashing a hotel a little bit and I believe kicking out the window on a limousine. You cannot tell me that that is as bad as begging a guy to knock you out whether or not the altercation could have been avoided. You're 40 years old and you have children. I don't think there's any reason you should still be at the bar. Especially when you get altercations all the time at bars. You know you're looking for trouble. He's begging for fights through the UFC with Dana. Saying that he needs it for him to sober up. Well, not necessarily for him to sober up, but in order for him to get better mentally and to get healthier, he needs to fight. And this will be the last one. Everyone talks about how he's surrounded by yes-men. And I never wanted to believe that just because it's like, eh, well, everyone's going to say that. There is opponents, but um, it's it's really sad to have watched BJ Penn. Not towards the end of his career necessarily, because that's I mean that's where most of I've watched it was. But prior to the end of his career, I saw him fight GSP. I know the GSP fight wasn't that great, but still, like I see, I saw those big fights. I saw him get the opportunity. I saw other people get the opportunity to fight him. I remember when it used to be a gigantic thing in order to fight BJ Penn. But look, just look how things are going right now. Just, just look at this. It's, it's, it's very sad, man. I, I don't take any kind of pride in watching those things. They actually make me cringe, especially when it's something like BJ Penn because. He has such a good story before the losses, before the nine consecutive, I believe. There's no way he's beating Nick Lentz if they fight. If they fight, if they schedule that fight, he's not beating Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz will either submit him early. He'll either toy with him and just like pitter pat him a little bit and hit him with a couple rough shots. He's going to KO him or he's going to destroy him and embarrass him for the majority of the fight. I'm not interested in any of those. I, we all know who's going to win. Nick Lentz has nothing to gain out of this. This is more of an ego thing. I'm not saying Nick Lentz is wrong for this because with everything that Nick Lentz was talking about with BJ Penn 
trying to target not necessarily his family but like kind of target his family and make comments towards his wife and things like that man i if i was a fighter especially and i knew that there was a legal way for me to get this guy dealt with in my own way why wouldn't you do that it doesn't make any sense guys but hey so anyone that is interested in like real estate wholesaling or anything like that just leave me a comment if you get this far in the video i mean you probably won't but if you do let me know i'm trying to start my wholesaling business in lorraine well not lorraine ohio but in ohio in general i live in the columbus area my cousin lives in lorraine ohio which is where i was born and that's where i grew up but in ohio i'm going to be marketing a little bit which i have been for like about two months marketing a little and trying to sell a couple properties so if you have a distressed property or anything like that, that you want to sell just send it over my way send me some pictures and if i'm able to sell it wherever you are in the world or well really the u.s but wherever you're at i will capture that deal for you and i will try my best to, to um, close it if it closes i will give you 500 to a thousand dollars depending on how big the assignment fee is if i do end up receiving more for this assignment fee then hey you could probably receive a lot more but i want to say thank you so much for joining me guys i love this sport i love to talk about this stuff and i might make another channel where i talk about reviews just like with technology things like that things that i'm entertained by and maybe just my thoughts generally i have a degree in psychology and i really like introspective thought so definitely want to get into that a little bit more so thank you guys so much i appreciate anyone of you guys that listen i appreciate all you guys that comment on here i want to say like comment subscribe please it helps me out a lot and also getting any kind of notice does a lot for me i want to grow this i want to grow my youtube channel eventually i want to create a live podcast that would be the goal i'm just starting so of course i can't do